Hello, and welcome to The Worst Person in the Room. I'm your host, Teresa Francesca, and this is a podcast where I ask people probing questions about themselves and their pasts and their personal lives and their psyches and etc. And this is part two of my episode with Ricky Toe, and we talk about rejection and social relationships and romantic relationships and the difficulties therein uh, for a lot of this episode. Um, but I'm going to put a content warning in here just in case, um, because the very first five minutes of this episode, um, and that's counting like from like, like after the little, after my introduction here ends and you know, the little music or like alien sounds or whatever, <laughs> um, play to kind of like cue into, our actual discussion. Um, it's, it's about the first five minutes of, of after that music cue, um, that we discuss, um, the early experiences of shame. And, uh, during those five minutes, there is some discussion of sexual abuse possibly, or something resembling sexual abuse, um, during childhood. And within that, kind of wrapped in that, you know, worrisome burrito is also a brief description of what could be described uh, probably pretty fairly as an assault. So that'll be during the first five minutes um, once, you know, once the recording goes to us talking. But the rest of it is a lot about like social rejection. So anyway, let's get into it. so professional <laughs> what are some like what are, we... <laughs> what are some of your earliest moments of experiencing shame guilt doubt <laughs> do you so peppy how honest how honestly do you want me to answer this because i got some dark fucking stories as honestly as you are willing to put on the internet i don't i don't care i told you i'm an open book um yes good first cool. time i felt shame First time I felt shame was there was this, um, there was this boy, right? He was older than me and he was teaching me what sex was when I was like four or five years old. Okay. And yeah. And I don't remember, uh, this is a pretty big, I remember the, the layout of my room. I remember the layout of the trailer. I have, I have a pretty good memory. It's fucking, it, it's cool um it's also haunting uh because you never know if you're remembering things or if you're making them up yes sorry i also have like a super annoyingly good memory i have to be an external hard drive for other people but yeah um the anyway, basically we were, tell me your traumatizing we story <laughs> we weren't doing anything like blatantly sexual at the time uh, but my fucking i i believe my mother no it was it was my stepdad walked in and this is before he was, like, established in our family, like, like, he was still, like, my mom's boyfriend at the time, if that makes sense, like, uh, but, like, he freaked out on that kid, right, and, uh, like, because the kid was, like, it wasn't anything, like, it was, it was literally a caricature of what you would think fucking elementary school students would think sex was, like, rubbing stomachs together with our shirts off or some stupid shit like that. Right. And I remember my dad freaking out because it was two boys. 
right? Um, and my mom freaking out because like she didn't know what was happening, and my dad was like, I guess like he's not homophobic in any way, but like I guess that bothered him a little bit, right? Um, but that was the first time that I experienced shame because um, I didn't know what I had done wrong. But I knew I had done something wrong, or at least I had the perception that I had done something wrong. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that's the first one. That was, yeah, Midway Park, Jacksonville, North Carolina, gunshots every night. Not a good place. So in hindsight mm. of that story, though, like thinking about it, like, so um, what bothers me is that the other kid was exposing me to that, right? But then that actually kind of relays like an even scarier thing because that means he was probably yeah. in some way sexually abused by somebody, you know? Because mm-hmm. that's the only that tends to be like a big indicator of sexual abuse is, you know, displaying like uh, being sexual or sexuality at early ages or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, like, that really, um, like, we're talking, like, 20, 20, 30 years after the fact or whatever. It's like, huh, that's pretty fucked up because that, that little fucking kid probably was, you know, sexually abused. And it kind of sucks. But yeah. Mm. That's just tangential to the point, though. That was the first time I ever felt shame. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I mean... There was a one time where like that man- mentally handicapped uh, fucking dude who bags groceries at the Piggly Wiggly, the guy with like the weird face, he ripped me off my bike and tried to like kiss me and shit and touch me. Oh damn! That was the yeah, I was eight I think or twelve. <sighs> Let me think. Purple bike. Yeah, I was eight. Um, it was right when we had just moved into Richlands or whatever, and I had like picked up a rock and I started hitting him with oh. it, and then like we called the sheriff and. They basically said, oh, well, everybody knows he's like that. And, you know, just stay away from oh him. Oh, God. Yeah. <sighs> Nothing ever happened. I'm just saying, like, those are the, those are the two, those are two of the, the bigger stories about, like, I guess, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't call either of those situations sexual abuse, but, like, that's, that's the only word I could think of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I didn't feel shame for the second one, though. did feel anger, though. Yeah. Um, how do you get in your... What, like, oh, sorry. Uh, like, what, what typically people, like, when's the first time they feel shame? I have, I, you know, I haven't done any scientific research. <laughs> I was like, is there an average? Like, oh. was, 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 did, I, did I beat the curve? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> this is a land of zero comparisons. <laughs> With zero purposeful comparisons. Uh. Um, yeah, sorry, you were saying. Um, how do you get in your own way? <laughs> Fuck you. No. Oh my God. How do I get in my own way? Um, hmm. I convince myself that things that are clearly an issue of willpower. And my own shortcomings are issues with the world around me. I um, I will get mad that I'm not losing weight, but I'll eat a fucking pizza. Mm. I will um, I'll be upset that people don't 
invite me out to things at uh, like my coworkers don't invite me out to things, but um, the reason they don't is because I'm a very abrasive individual who doesn't deal with bullshit, and like I'm, I guess I'm not very fun to be around, right? Or I'll get mad that uh, that um, I don't know, so many things like I bas I I'm basically just like a lazy slob. And I'm acting like it's not my fault, but it totally is. How do I get in my own way? Fuck. Um, I'll start things that I don't need to fucking start. Hmm. Like, uh, the only thing I've ever done in my life consistently, like, re- like, like I'll play guitar almost every day or something, right? But I don't progress. I don't get better. I just play it, you know? Or, um, but, like, I'll say, oh, well, I'm going to do... I don't know what's a good example of recent. Oh, how about my drawings, right? I'm going to I'm going to buckle buck, fucking buckle down and do the drawing thing. And then I just fucking half ass it. Like I just don't I like I'll draw a picture every fucking 3 or 4 days instead of being consistent. Like I'll draw when I want to draw versus drawing every day so I can get better. Mm-hmm. Or um I'll tell myself that I'm going to finally write a whole CD of music. So I can get an LP out there and maybe get some people to either buy my music or support me as an artist and then never do it. <laughs> like I'll play some fucking licks on the guitar. I'll make like a bunch of shit. I'll write a bunch of lyrics down and never combine them. Or um, let's talk about Wea Food. Um, <laughs> I wanted to fucking, I really wanted to do that and commit to it. And I was committing hard to it. And then uh, we haven't done a video in like three weeks and you know, that's not completely my fault. Like, uh, Scott's been really busy with life getting sick. He's been constantly sick for like the last three mm-hmm. weeks. Right. And it's a pair thing, right. It wouldn't work if only one person did it. Um, but that being said, like I didn't really put up enough effort to do more of the editing to take that burden off mm-hmm. of him, you know, and maybe, uh, I should have, and I could have done more for that. And you're like, that's me getting in my own way. Like, it's just it's just a fucking constant stream of wanting results without putting in the proper amount of effort. Mm. Yeah, I could go on for so much because I feel like uh, my lack of willpower is completely my own fault. Like I, I'm so possessed with wanting to find a significant other and somebody to like dump my feelings on that uh, I I don't do other things that I need to do, like work out consistently or do my dishes regularly or fucking dust, (laughs) you know? Ah, Mm. yeah, that's a, that, that's a heavy question. (laughs) Well, I have a couple more (laughs) and they're nicer. No, no, I'm just saying like that question specifically though, how do I get my, uh, how do I get in my own way? It's like, how don't I like, (laughs) Oh man, no, it, I feel I feel like a lot of our generation, like, I feel it's important that I recognize that though, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, knowing that it's my fault means that I can at least try to fight the dragon, yeah. but like, if everybody else is like, I feel like a lot of people in our generation, very much in our generation, plays what I would say, I guess this is full circle, it's the victim mentality that um, we're a victim of social pressures or social norms or... Uh, uh, systematic fucking anti-millennial bullshit, you know, stuff like that. We play the victim instead of just going, well, maybe I could work on myself, you know? 
Has anything entered your life that made you feel more empowered to change? Yeah. And then they left my life. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know. I I don't I don't think it's a healthy or a good system, but I very much live for others. Mm. And it's really hard to motivate myself individually like uh to motivate myself like myself on like my own merit because I don't think I'm important enough, but like this is the big issue. Like I will meet a girl that I really really want to be with. And I would be willing to fucking fast for weeks. Like, I would literally eat tofu every day for this chick, right? The minute that I know that she'd be committed to receiving that effort, right? Mm. Um, but that's just not how the world works. Like, yeah. the, the proper way is tempering my body and my, my health um, for the possibility of meeting this person, right? And that would be the healthy thing to do, right? Like not like just being healthy because I should be healthy. And then on top of that, I should be uh, in the best condition that I can be if and when I stumble upon that special person, right? But in my situation, it seems to be like I find that special person and then that motivates me to better myself, Mm. which is in many ways uh, slow. (laughs) It's like, it's just, it's a fucking day late dollar short. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like really codependent and super antisocial lately. So it really sucks. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, like it's just getting older. That's what, Mm -hmm. uh, it's really bothering me lately. Actually. Like, uh, I feel like I get less desirable as a person. And more picky. Mm. And it's like, those are completely at ends. Are they? Yeah, like, I get, I'm less desirable, yet I'm more exclusionary. Like, I'm like, oh, you're not good enough for me, even though mm, I okay. myself am getting less good. As as far as personality and, like, uh, uh, mentality, emotional fucking well-being and all that shit, I'm the best I've ever been, right? But, like, physical, like, which is so important, like... I don't know. I think I'm a fat fuck. Uh, I worry that I might be going bald. I'm not, but, you know, I'm worried. Uh, Shit like that, right? Hmm. But yeah, there are many people who motivate me to be better. There's actually one guy who motivated the shit out of me uh, before he moved back to New Zealand. Uh, Fucking self-proclaimed contrarian. Kind of a douche. Um, (laughs) But hella good at motivating and like if i could have just took his his advice i'd probably be in the best fucking shape of my life right now i'd probably be in a better mental state but yeah um yeah that guy that guy helped me a lot actually Hmm. yeah what do you really like about yourself that most people wouldn't know the thing i like about myself is the thing i hate about myself I don't know. Maybe I'm too honest. I don't lie. Yeah. I don't lie. Yeah. I think that's a really good trait, but it's a lonely trait. 
Like if somebody wants to know something, I tell them usually, or I just don't tell them. Like I won't, I won't, <laughs> I won't give them bullshit. I just mm. either if I don't want them to know, they won't know. I mm. guess that's uh, what is that? That's a that's a lie of omission. I guess in that sense, maybe. Um, but yeah, like uh, I'm a hundred percent or I'm zero. Like, uh, like if I like you, I will. I'm there. You know, I'm like a fucking puppy. I'm excited to hear from you, and I'll talk to you all day. And that's what I've been described as. But if I don't like you, like, I'm a monster. <laughs> I really am. I'm fucking, I don't care about you. You are not of consequence to me. Hmm. You are less than, you are less than anything to me. And your existence doesn't matter to me if I don't like you because you've wronged me in some way. Or you've wronged my friends in some way. Or if you've done, you've done some transgression that I found bad enough to internalize and go, hmm. This person is no good. And that's a bad way to live. Like, it's not good. Mm. My friend, the friend, the New Zealand friend said, I'm far too nice to people that I like and far too mean to those I don't. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I think honesty. I like, I like, I don't know. The only people I'm not honest with are people that I don't want to get rejected by. Like girls that I'm trying to talk at. Recently, I tried my honesty thing with this girl, and it was working out really well, right? Like, I think we, like, made out twice. Like, I feel like once you've made out with the chick, like, and you've been really honest about your feelings, be like, look, I'm looking for something, you know, let's hang out. Like, I feel like you made it. Like, it's a sure thing, but, like, literally, like, the next day, she's like, yeah, we're just going to be friends. And I was like, fuck, that sucks. Yeah, so now I don't, uh, I tried to move on and I'm talking to this other girl who's just, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I've never been like, hey, I really want to date you or anything like that. But I've been, um, I'm very honest in the sense that I'm like, oh, you're beautiful and wonderful and you're a great human being. And like, just in your face with very overtly longing and loving compliments, right? Yeah, I have to like put a cap on myself, which turns me into like, which I means means I have been very like avoidant and weird, instead of being like very overtly longing at people. <laughs> but I think they can still that, sniff it. I hate it. <laughs> that's fine though. Like at least you're fucking tempering that interaction. Like I'm not, and it. Yeah, I don't remember the question. Oh, something that you like about yourself. Oh, honesty. That's where yeah. it came from. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be Ricky Toe if I didn't fucking whine about girls. <laughs> God damn it. So. High school never ends. Is <laughs> <laughs> saying? I mean. High school never ends. I mean, this is, is yeah. I, I'm always I'm always really comforted when 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 I hear about um, you know, I always felt like boys didn't really care, and I felt like, in part of that is like all the media that's like for girls is very about love stories, and and that's really like devalued um, and called like fluff or you know it's just like it's it's viewed as less important media and so 
you know, when I was younger, and I mean, even now, I guess, but like, especially when I was younger, and very like, wanting to be validated in romantic ways. I always I, I felt like, oh, boys just don't care that much. Like, <laughs> like, they're not as invested. <laughs> um, and oh, it made man. me crazy. And especially reading certain books that were like, f- supposed to be from a male perspective. I was like, oh, Guys are just going to look at me as a whole. They're going to look at me as a whole. <laughs> this is horrifying. <laughs> oh, man. I, okay. It's <laughs> a little I, graphic. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, no. That's, you know what? Uh, I Yeah, I had a really slutty phase. Like, um, being half Japanese in Japan, it's kind of easy to pull one-nighters all you want. Um, but, I don't know. I Something clicked and, like... I don't know. I've always been really fucking like even like every one night stand like it was a one night stand because of their choice. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Like I was the guy who texted back. Like, hey, you want to hang out again? And then they ghost. So maybe I'm I'm trying to like step like justify that men are pigs, but um I don't know. I, I I always fell into the category of really, really overly sensitive and super into girls on like every level. So I never understood mm-hmm. that shit too. Like it sucks. Like recently I feel like it's been getting better where men are allowed to have emotions. Right. Yeah. And it, and it's coming up and, and showing in media and that's fine. Uh, it's fine. Most of the time. I don't like when it uh, manifests as, as jealousy and shit. Like, yeah. That's kind of really boring. annoying to me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I feel like men are... Now, you know what? Nah, man, I'm way weirder than a lot of dudes. Like, I tell dudes about how I feel and they fucking joke me for it. So maybe I am actually, like, not... Hmm. Maybe maybe I am a weird exception. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a weird exception. I can, I can really talk about these feelings with guys, which is why I keep a lot of girlfriends. Some of my closest guy friends, they're just like... Dude, fucking, I don't know, they'll say something crass, like something, something tampon. Or (laughs) like fucking, or, you know, oh, too much tofu in the diet. Tits getting bigger there, Ricky Toe. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks. Mm. Came came to you from a point of vulnerability on something that really matters to me. And uh, you're not, you're not allowed. It's fucking, seriously, you want to know who creates toxic masculinity? Fucking men. Hmm. men create toxic masculinity like they're in 100%. charge <laughs> ah, yeah no like seriously though like well this is a problem yeah, this is a problem we created like come on <laughs> fucking uh i don't know i like being sensitive i like it i like it a lot i also like being perceived as a man's man when i want to be right like knave how dare you fucking car have that be like i would be i don't mind being the guy who just fucking punches somebody for being a dick right but like at the same time i, I don't i don't want that to like interfere with the fact that i'm also very sensitive and i i internalize every reg, like regretful fucking what was it when people rejection yeah um it's like what's the difference between reciprocation uh so yeah uh <laughs> 
But yeah, like every rejection, like I fucking I can remember way back, like the the curse of the memory, like every girl I've ever had a crush on, um, rejecting me in some indirect way, mm. all the way since fucking like, I don't know, uh, I don't count any of the fucking. I tried to just wipe away the elementary school and the middle school and the high school shit away, but I remember all of them. I remember crying a lot, like at night over girls. Mm in uh, high school and middle school that's what i was saying you said you asked me if i was happy as a child and i was like yeah but something clicked during puberty and i was just so mm. so sad because girls didn't like me no like i don't know man this is it's just like constant fucking rejections until there until i didn't until all of a sudden i like had like it was like a fucking something clicked and everybody liked me again i'm fucking weird mm. hate it Gotta hate the world. The world's stupid. Fuck the world. <sighs> How many more questions we got? Uh, we got some ones I hate. Why do you hate them? Um, because well, I, I hate this one question. Because whenever I've asked it, I have I've asked <laughs> this one question, and I've gotten like responses that are like, I don't. They're like too intellectual, or they're like about their answers that are about the question, but they're not answers to the question. And then I devalue the question. Yeah, let me. I want to. I want to be the. I want to be the exception to this rule. Uh, do it. you ever act as the devil on someone else's shoulder? No. Cool. Absolutely not. Uh, unless I want them to be hurt. Um, but that doesn't happen because I don't create situations like that. Like. I I feel like I I I might no no never cuz like I feel like if you're coming from that position like if somebody trusts you right like why would you ever want something that isn't in their interests you know like why would you want to hurt them that uh, is it a safe assumption let's talk about the question is it a safe <laughs> assumption to to say that the devil well the devil wait Okay, which devil? Are we talking about like an actual devil? Or are we talking about the devil on the shoulder in the sense that uh, ah, just do what you want? Don't not don't do what's good for you. Do what you want. Yeah, basically luring, not necessarily luring to like the darkest side possible, but luring toward the the path of least resistance. That's not necessarily the best. So I guess yeah, in a lot of cases that can just be like do what you want, you know. It can be the the shallow way that I I tend to devalue this question after I get an answer, and and be like, oh, it could be the shallow thing, like oh, spend the money on the thing, even though, yeah, yeah, no, I do do that, but I don't think it's I don't think it's acting as a devil. Yeah, I, I think I think I think the angel can sometimes be devilish, you know? How so? Like treat yourself, treat yourself. Like some people are reluctant to do an irresponsible thing, like spend a little bit of money on something that they like. Silver fucking shiny shoes, for example. Um, like, and sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need to do what is is objectively irresponsible for the sake yeah. of your emotional health. And I feel like whenever you see things like the devil and the angel, it's always about uh, uh, logical, uh, lo- logic, logically good, logically bad thing. Like, oh well, this is going to affect me fiscally or this is going to affect my um ability to uh i don't know feel good at work the next day like i'm i'm 
taking the easy way out now, but I don't, I don't think that really ever considers like emotional health and how important that is. Sometimes it is important mm-hmm. just to do the path of least resistance. Cause, cause we don't like, usually if I'm going to talk to somebody like that, I'm going to, t- if I'm going to tell somebody that it's going to be to the person who doesn't yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Who's always tiptoeing the person yeah. who's always like it's, fucking making sure that it's like you're, you're trying to give that other person some balance in their life by like you are allowed you are allowed to do this thing yeah yeah that's exactly right yeah so no i wouldn't say I'd, I've, I've i've ever willfully been the devil on somebody's shoulder <laughs> thank you <laughs> i feel like lately like i i've been like trying to i i the the devil and angel on you know either shoulder you know very cartoony but i feel like i've been dealing with it more directly lately in my own life and making uh choices for my mental or my emotional health and the health of my relationships or trying as much because the devil is always like react react very emotionally they they gave you an opportunity you, they gave you a little hook now you can be a fish and you know, eat that fucking hook and kill yourself on it, basically, emotionally, and in like Shanghai, this conversation and this relationship. And oh, wait, crap, is Shanghai a fucking racist term? I don't even. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. I don't know what anything is. Um... Oh, cool. Let's see Shanghai with the Asian guy. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I was like, crap, well, I don't even know what it means. Do I? I don't know where it comes from at all. I am but literally like, checking the etymology right now. But yeah, like I can take hold. Oh and use my this. god, that is so fucked up! Holy shit! Oh, I, I, oh my god! So to Shanghai, someone means to kidnap them or trick them into working for you. Uh, the oh. traditional way, yeah, is to drug them and put them on a ship because you've Shanghai'd them. That's insane! Mm. I had no idea that was the the Damn. meaning from that. I wouldn't say that's that's overtly racist. Mm. I don't. I, I really don't think it's. I think it 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 has to do with a, a shitty situation, but I don't think it's directed towards China. If anything, it's racist towards Americans, right? I have no idea. Because they would um, like I guess Shanghai was a place that they would kidnap slaves and then put them like port, import them to build railroads and shit. I guess it is kind of racist. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, I'll try not Continue. to use it and try to be more direct, be more exact with what I'm actually meaning, especially Hence, since I don't know the whole thing about that. Yeah, okay. You're trying you're trying to to take over a conversation because somebody yeah. gave you a little bit of a, yeah, like a, see, like an opening. I see an opportunity and I'm like I can I can grab this and then the relation the relationship and the conversation will go this way for a while. Um and I can kind of it's like I can steer it in a direction, but it's going to be a direction where I'm not going to have any control anymore. It's like I, I see where I can kind of explode on it in some area. And um, and yeah, and so lately I've been trying to like actually be more deliberate and like, no, I see the I see the the um, the bait and I'm not going to take the bait from from the other person that they don't realize they're giving me or the, t- the bait from myself from my own mind that I'm like, oh, I could jump on this. Right. And I try to. I do try to restrain and be like, okay, like make a decision, you know, say a thing or don't say a thing for the greater, like the purpose of this conversation or the emotional health of the relationship. And 
and I feel I do that intentionally though. I feel like I bait, I bait, uh, in the sense of I'm trying to get somebody to release their comfort, mm. uh, so that they can feel better. Like I'll, I'll, I'll ask them a question very intentionally trying to get them to fucking vent. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm so worried. Like, I really actually want that to happen. I want people to vent to me. I love hearing, like, I want people's, I love people's emotional energy coming out in that way. Um, especially if they are kind of like closed off and don't give me a lot of answers a lot. I get excited when someone like vents at me. Um, <laughs> but I'm always worried, like, am I, am I feeding into a bad place for them? Like, am I, is this like, am I luring them oh. towards something that's not great for them or for our connection? By doing that and by liking it and by inviting it. No, that's true. Like, yeah, because sometimes what we, we would assume is catharsis is just triggering, you know? Yeah. And like, do I want to be associated with the negative feelings they have about this other thing about, you know, that they're letting out? You know, oh, I want to be a safe now place that's like, up. you're allowed Jesus to vent Christ. here and you're allowed to express your, your thoughts and your feelings, and especially the ones that aren't really like socially super acceptable and you know, I want to be that place for people, but then I'm like, oh, is this, are they just going to associate me with shit? <laughs> that kind of upset. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I really hope I've been doing that with that chick I'm crushing on. I, I didn't even think about it until you just brought it up right now. That kind of spooky. Like, uh, I've been helping her work through a lot of the stress and, uh, like, the emotional backlash from leaving a, a bad relationship of that many years, you know, mm. and like it never really clicked to me right now that like maybe indirectly I'm being associated with those feelings. Cause I don't want to be, I want to be associated with being helpful, you know? Yeah. I want to be, you know, healthy. I want to be a return That's to, dream. Yeah, no, return to normalcy, right? Yeah. Hmm. That's another thing. Like when you ever get in a situation where you want to talk to somebody about their problems or just talk about your problems or just talk mm. about problems in general, but like you don't want them like their perception of you to change or them panicking or them like kind of fucking coddling you because they're worried. Yes. 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 Always. <laughs> like look i'm not gonna kill myself but let's talk about suicide like you have to preface it like i have a few friends that i feel comfortable that i could talk about that stuff with then they're like nah it's cool and i'm glad wait no no yeah i feel like i should start prefacing almost any conversation that is at all interesting to me with like, I might get upset and cry, but like, don't use that as a reason to stop talking. <laughs> oh no. Does that happen? It happens. Oh wow. I get really like upset really easily. Um, really? Very emotionally reactive, but like, I hate when, when I start crying and they're like, Oh, now I have to take care of you. I'm like, no, please continue. <laughs> Wow. No. Oh my God. No. So, uh, my friend's girlfriend, she, she does the, she's the opposite of you. She very easily cries. So she will get comforted. Oh yeah. It's really annoying. 
Uh, it's really annoying to have people assume that that's why you're crying. They think that like you're doing it on purpose or that I'm doing it on purpose and, and that it's manipulative. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, it's like, it's opening a Pringles can of emotion. And once it starts, it won't fucking stop, but it's not a reason to stop the conversation or to derail it. Like I still want to do this. I'm still, I'm like me crying is like evidence. I'm very in the moment. And sometimes I can get stuck in my head, but like, please help lead me out of it. I don't actually want to be comforted necessarily you know, in a lot of cases, but, um, I'm like, That's... please, you know, just continue and I will get back on this track with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at literally yesterday. What happened? Uh, it's, it's like, it's like a caricature of what's it's, it's everything you want happened, but like the person wasn't you. So, <laughs> so she was fucking crying. I was like, and I was just acting like nothing was wrong. And I just kept talking and talking and like her boyfriend is a friend of mine was like, dude, she's really upset. And I was like, but you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Like, and I just like kept going on and on about it. And, and eventually she stopped crying for appropriate reasons. But like, I just, I remember I was the bad guy for a little bit because for, for doing exactly what you would want people <laughs> to do. <laughs> like, I guess the difference is she didn't ask me to continue. I think that's the, that's the difference, isn't it? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Hopefully this is enough for you to chop up and use. Are there any questions that I haven't answered? Something else I'm supposed to say at the end? Um, well, I wanted you to talk a little bit about like, I feel like you've been certainly on social media. You've, you've, you know, you've been trying to put things out that were more uh, about bettering yourself. And that's been, I found that really like, I don't know. Well, surprisingly helpful to me just to see. Like really encouraging, uh, honestly. Uh, so. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I've just been. I don't know. I've been such a douchebag all my life. Like I've been just such a monster. Like so selfish and so rude to people who are very caring to me and nice and careful and understanding uh relationships that at the time I thought were like the worst things in the world because I was gaslighting my fucking partner as well as myself simultaneously like I didn't even know what gaslighting was at the time right like um education we really need to start but like um being what is essentially a monster like not physically abusive ever but like you know just being a dick to people who care is just i don't know it it takes a lot of fucking effort to to look at yourself and go like man i fucked up i'm i was a bad guy i did bad things and i should fucking try not to be like that anymore also mm -hmm. watching a bunch of fucking fred rogers clips on youtube oh. that'll 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 <laughs> fucking that'll get you like Everybody should try to be as good of a person as fucking Fred Rogers. Like, seriously, that dude. Yeah. Oh, man, that guy was too good for the world. Like, or 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 listening to fucking Bob Ross talk uh, about things that are he, that were important to him, like outside of the joy of painting, like watching interviews with him and stuff, like trying to be mm -hmm. that kind of person. Like, 
I don't know. Even Bob Ross, I think Bob Ross is a prime example of, of, of what I'm trying to do with myself. So Bob Ross was a drill sergeant. Like, <clears throat> yeah, like Bob Ross was a fucking monster to his boots, right? Like he was a dick. He was rude. He was, uh, he, w- he was there to spit fucking vitriol at, you know, new recruits to get them to, you know, hype up to fight wars, you know? And he didn't want to be that guy anymore. So he was like, I'm not going to be that guy anymore. Why am I going to spread hate? And like, it's so hard. It's a constant fucking battle. But like, because I fucking hate so many goddamn people. Like, just fucking stupid, ignorant, rude douchebags. But like, trying to like, take a step back and go, hey, everybody has their own struggles. Everybody has a reason for why they are like they are. And if I can try to at least like glean some kind of understanding from their fucking situation, maybe I, maybe I could get to know them or something, or maybe like, instead of just doing the knee jerk of my old school, Ricky toes, like fuck that guy. Yeah. No dismissing people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, man, you don't know what anybody's situation is, you know, like until you do now, if you fucking talk to Ashley and he's a fucking douchebag and his fucking parents are rich. And the only reason he is like he is, is because he's a fucking victim of circumstance in the sense that he's fucking overly fucking paid, has everything given to him. And it's just a spoiled cunt. Fuck that guy, you know, (laughs) but maybe, maybe that's not the situation. Maybe it's like, um, that's a good example of somebody I fucking hated in high school that I don't hate now trying to think I don't really got any fucking examples but I feel um, like it's easier to go the other direction but <laughs> I don't know myself <laughs> hate myself no um no like I don't know like something I feel like if I'm better myself like maybe my situation will get but maybe it's completely selfish like it's selfishly motivated like uh That's fine <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't feel that like there's no such thing as altruism in my in my in my mind, but there is effective altruism. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I feel like younger Ricky Toe would stop on "There's no such thing as altruism" because he feels like that was the logical point. That was the that was the conclusion that he could make that everything mm-hmm. is done in selfishness. Even the momentary like life sacrifices are made for a momentary like. Uh, hope for glory in death or something right like and he you know old ricky toe would do that but like new ricky toe fucking you know fucking ricky toe 3.7 or whatever number i'm on right now um (laughs) he's like yeah but you can still do nice things for people and make them feel good even if it's out of a selfish selfish you know motivation like because even if i compliment somebody because i want to feel better about myself like that doesn't mean that i didn't make them feel better about themselves yeah and i feel like that 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 is my driving motivation lately is just to be a better person to make myself feel better as well as make everybody else feel better like there's there's no fucking loss there yeah and yeah that's i don't know when that happened or when that clicked actually I think it really it really set set in um, when um, uh, I think it was two X's ago, maybe like a year and a half ago is when it really, really like like there was like a fucking zeitgeist in my brain hole. And and they were like, uh, hey, Ricky Toe, this just in that chick's a bitch. Don't be like her. Like this chick was completely <laughs> motivated by money and vanity. And I dated her and 
I remember the last conversation we had, and this is the reason it was the last conversation we had, was me basically saying how I gave money to my brother so he could finish college. And, um, you know, Stephen. Um, yeah. And uh, I didn't think anything of it, and he owes me no money. And she yeah. was like, well, maybe if you stopped giving money to people, you could save better. And it was like, I got plenty of savings. And then she called me a fucking idiot for helping him and not helping myself. And it was like, it was just a constant barrage of, of basically what is, um, I was being stupid in her eyes because I wasn't looking out for number one. And like the way I looked at it was like, I had enough means, right? And I know he's like, not exactly in the fucking light of, uh, of positivity right now, but Louis CK has this, uh, this one quote that he tells his daughters in one of his move uh, in one of his shows, he goes, you don't look into the other person's bowl to see if they have more than you. The only time you look into the other person's bowl is to make sure they have enough. Yeah. And I feel like that bleeds into everything. Like, uh, even if it's just emotional well-being, if you could fucking compliment somebody's fucking goofy ass hat to make them feel better. Fantastic. If you could fucking give somebody a high five and you know, like that little small amount of fucking oxytocin release is going to chipper them up, man, fucking give them that goddamn high five, you know? <laughs> And that's the, okay. That's a big issue, though. Like people are so wary of of uh, like flattery. Yeah, yeah. And it it cre- it's very hard for me because I like giving honest compliments to people. I really like your shirt. Um, oh, that was a funny joke you told. Um, you're a really hard worker. You know, little things like that, like in the office, I'm fucking constantly saying, right? But in Japan, especially, it's like, what does Rikito yeah. want from me? And it's like, I don't want anything. I just really just wanted to fucking say something nice because it makes me feel happy to know that I made you feel happy. Yeah. I really like to like yeah. adopt that as a thing. Like I, you know, I've been trying. It feels like a real like Sisyphus kind of effort to... Because I'm like, I'm worried that if I, if I am like, if I do start kind of out of the blue, um, you know, being like very sincere and being like, like, I really like you because of these things. And I value you so much for these things that you bring to my life and that I see you bring to other people's lives. And, you know, I'm like, if I say that, will they think I'm like, will they just not want to talk to me very much anymore? Or <laughs> will they be wary about it? Or will they actually like take it as I am intending it? I don't know. You know, I get very, you know, I stop myself before Ah, I can start. Well, that's the thing. Like when you meet somebody new and they don't know that about you. Yeah, it's great. It's like a blank slate. You can just be a better person to them. No, no, not at all. Not at all. No, I don't think that. No, no. I think everybody is by default presumptuous. Like everybody's on their guard. The minute you're nice to them. And if you're too nice to them too fast, like it doesn't matter who you are and who they are, they will immediately assume there's some ulterior motive. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I feel like safer at like a blank slate with someone, although I don't make a lot of new friends, so I might be very wrong on that. <laughs> oh, I mean, wh- what the hell is a new friend? I haven't had one of those in fucking decades. Like, uh, 
Yeah, that's like the fucking human condition, fucking aging condition. Like the 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 older we get, the fewer friends we have, and the harder it is to make newer friends. And it's fucking mm-hmm. weird, you know. The being nice to people all the time is mm-hmm. not hard for me. Um, the hardest thing for me is uh like changing my mm-hmm. language to be more positive. Like that's something that I just keep falling back on. As far as Sisyphean tasks mm-hmm. go, that is mine. Um, like. Saying like, ah, oh, man, I fucked up. But instead of saying that and being like, man, I'll do better next time. You know, like the small little language change right there is probably going to be like, that's a huge difference, you know, you know, using when instead of if, if there's something or like saying I will do something instead of, oh, man, I didn't do this, you know. And just being like real steadfast in like the whole like process being like, hey, I said I'd do this. So I'd fuck it. So I'll fucking do it. You know, like that that is my that is what i'm dealing with right now that is what i'm trying to do better at especially when it comes to fucking eating better like fuck there's so many opportunities to not eat very well cuz you do it multiple times a day typically <laughs> it's frustrating yeah i'm i'm really considering just like uh just soylent <laughs> yeah just if I have to make my own, that'd really limit my ability to uh, eat. Maybe I should do that. We're talking about soil and green, right? Like, just making it like, oh, it's people. Just Is regulars. that what we're talking about? Just making sure. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about indirect cannibalism. I, I just want to make sure. I mean, I just meant the liquid thing, not soil and green. Okay, I was talking about cannibalism. Okay, just making sure. I, I'm glad someone was. I'm glad at least one of us was. Because <laughs> then I wouldn't understand the world. <laughs> like it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. No, but uh, really, I really hope that uh, maybe you just have to throw yourself out there, I guess, right? It's just, it's more vulnerability, right? More throwing yourself yeah. on the fucking crucible of, of, of fear and seeing what yeah. comes out on the other side and just being it's like... like yeah sucks go ahead reject me whatever <laughs> yeah, it's like if you, you're fucking lost that's what i was thinking about this girl uh what did i call her harold yeah the bartender um she uh she's like you're she kept telling me how lovely i was and how great i was and because i think it's just something that she wasn't really fucking used to yeah like, and then like i just kept get, coming at her with the fucking full bore Ricky Tonus, I guess. She eventually just said, like, you're lovely, you're great, you're a wonderful person. She loved everything that was happening. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, let's just be friends. And she's like, we don't have to be friends if you don't want to be friends. I was really honest. I was like, look, I really, I like you a lot, but I respect your decision here. And uh, it's going to take me a little while to, like, you know, know, get over this and, like, readjust my brain. But, you know, just give me a little bit of time. She's like, okay. And I was like, cool. And then you know i did that and i was like so you know and i was trying to be a friend and i was being really blatant about it she was like she had a bunch of issues and i think she's used to internalizing her issues and not talking about them to people because she's from brazil fucking brazil which is a scary spooky place um that's racist no no i live in japan it's like the safest place in the world fucking america is scary to me now (laughs) um but uh then she like just ghosted on me and she just never messaged me again. Like after like a week, it's been a week. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks. Mm. Cause you throw yourself out there, you invest yourself emotionally. And then, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah. 
And that's what I'm saying. Just fucking keep throwing yourself out there. Like, just keep trying to be friends with people. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, fucking... Yeah. They don't get to live in the robot uprising that you create. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it should work as a good filtering system, but it's also like it does... You get a bit of a battering in the process. Yeah, you do. Especially, like... I don't know. Like you were saying, like, a lot of people just still think of me as Ricky Toe the asshole, so... God damn it. Okay, I'm I'm literally getting dizzy. I need to go to sleep. All right. <laughs> it's too, too. Yeah, good. Go to sleep, I, man. Uh, no, I want I like talking. <laughs> I like talking so much. Uh, or you can stay on and and <laughs> and whine I'm, about liking talking puppies. <laughs> I need to be alert and awake tomorrow so I can make sure yeah. I'm the best person that I I need to really put my best foot forward when it comes to her because I really want her to uh like me (laughs) i hope i have some clean pants fuck okay oh that might be helpful (laughs) whatever or you could just wear a skirt (laughs) i wish man i wish there were skirts that i could wear but they're all too tiny man they don't have skirts i'm serious like i man skirts seem so breezy and wonderful fuck okay just send you like a utility kilt <laughs> i don't want to kill kilts are fucking heavy and hot i want a goddamn sundress that's my size that okay. fucking hides my back hair okay so i have to go to sleep thus ends part two thank you for listening to this episode of the worst person in the room i'm your host Teresa francesca and just to say just to try to say something a little more like more life affirming and encouraging and inspiring or something that's been inspiring me, not necessarily that it will inspire you. Um, but just to end on something nice lately, I feel like there are like puzzle pieces of my life in my brain that have kind of just, they've seemed to kind of fall into place almost all of a sudden, um, where I feel like, something happens or I hear something that I kind of know intellectually, but I hear it from a source where I can believe it emotionally. Like someone actually tells a story um, kind of in my language, uh, which I realized is the language of this podcast um, or my attempts and my intent with this podcast to tell stories to get people to tell their stories and for me to tell mine, to share mine as an invitation for the other person to share theirs or to share more of theirs, um, to tell stories of failure, essentially of things that we could interpret, um, in our own lives as failures of ourselves, our capacities, our higher nature, whatever, when we stumble, when we don't really like achieve the goal, um, or when we don't do well, don't behave in, um, like the most, or even a roughly emotionally healthy way. Right. I realized recently that that's, it's just my language because someone told a story where they started out with their personality, a description of their personality since they were like three years old and having a task set in front of them that seemed like they could be able to, um, 
you know, achieve it easily because of their personality, because they were like extroverted, but they just couldn't. And it was a story of floundering and of, uh, not total success, but only relative success kind of through the kindness of others and reaching out. And what was really important to me about that story is that the storyteller kind of wrapped the story up by saying, you know, this kind of story would end with like me being very triumphant and getting this task like completely done 100% and it going super well, but it doesn't, you know, it, that didn't happen and that's not guaranteed. And that was so important to me because that's the story I want to tell. That's the kind of story where I hear it and I feel like I can access it because it's not closing off. It's not, it's not even third person. It's about your own experience and admitting that like you didn't succeed completely. You had trouble, but there is still and always hope to do better, to be better. Even if your failure in some situation is just a, seems like a fluke, seems like this shouldn't be something that gives you trouble because of your track record or your personality, your natural gifts and interests. But that's the kind of story that opens doors for me. It opens windows. It lets the air into me. It lets me feel like I can crawl out of my own brain, like I don't have to live there, be trapped there. Like I can actually access the outside world and myself, the rest of myself, not just the part of me that's trapped in some sort of like spiral staircase from hell, MC Escher <laughs> anxiety nightmare. And I just, I heard someone tell a story like that this week and I loved hearing it. It, it, it just made me realize this is my language. It's not the only language I can speak and it's not the only language that I can learn, you know, it, but it's my native language kind of, that's the one that touches me most. That's the kind of story I'm trying to tell with this podcast and also anything else that I make, any poetry I write or stories I write, anything that's my language. And my intent is access for people to be able to access themselves, to unlock their capacities, to open those kind of windows and doors inside of us and feel like we can crawl out of wherever we're stuck. So thanks for listening. This has been the worst person in the room. I'm your host, Teresa Francesca. Bye, everyone.